We're the talk of the internet. The reason it's so popular because it makes the user feel so good. This is TalkZone.com. We were in the middle of a lovely conversation with Carol Obley. She is the author of I'm Still With You. And what's your other book, Carol? It's called Embracing the Ties that Bind, Connecting with Spirit. And, and you're also available through my website, soulvisions. Soulvisions.com. And I noticed dot, dot that... Net, Charmy. Dot thank net. you, dot .net. And I, w- I remember we ended up the show in a place I really didn't want to stop. And you were talking about how sometimes uh, those on the other side are talking to what you call the sitter, the the physical person that's talking or looking to communicate with their dead loved one. And they talk about areas that they wish they had done better on while they were on Earth. Did you have any more you wanted to say on that? Yeah, and that that is um that that's a really insightful question because uh, that does happen. Uh, it's not all it's not all peaches and cream. Sometimes um, there are times that the other side comes through with um, saying I'm sorry. Uh, an example of that is, um, and this this has happened um, in many sessions. Somebody was in an argument at the time, uh, say the person who's coming for the reading and a loved one. Uh, somebody was in an argument or they weren't speaking. And uh, the other side will come through and I'll say, you know, he's coming through and he's saying, I'm sorry. And the person will start sobbing. And I know that, that it, it had relevance for them. And I'll say, yeah, you know, uh, he was in a car wreck. He was killed in a car wreck and we had an argument before that happened. Yeah. Uh, that's an example. Uh, there's also examples where someone had unfinished business they did not they weren't there when the person passed and there were things that were left unsaid and so um you know the person from the other side will sometimes come through and say you know things that that perhaps uh, were left unsaid um so uh that's where the healing comes in that's sure that's the significance of of the healing uh, nature of mediumship what what do you think of doing Spiritual work. There's a lot of people that think you should do it for free, and and uh, mutual fair energy exchange doesn't count in this area. What do you think? Well, I I um, I've spent a lot of uh, time studying prosperity consciousness. Um, what I have personally found, I, again, I can only share my experience. Um, and someone else may have a different experience. I found that just like any other professional, um, I, you know, my time is valuable, and I believe that one needs to be compensated for uh, their work. And I've also spent, uh, you know, a, a lot of time and, and money on training. I've been trained extensively at mm-hmm. Delphi University, that's near Georgia, and then Lilydale, which is in New York. Um, so. You know, uh, I, I believe that there there has to be an exchange, and um, I'm professional. I, I you know I, I I do exchanges every now and then, but yeah. mainly I charge a fee. Um, I believe that that anyone who's working professionally, that in order for the work to be valued, uh, there needs to be a fee. Um, you know, so that's my personal philosophy. You know, I I I get lost when people say, well. You know, this is a gift, so you know you should you should be giving your gifts free. But the place <laughs> the place I have a problem with that is I wonder what isn't a gift. Everything yeah. everything yeah. people do is a gift from God that is coming through them, whether they're an accountant or a medium. 
we're you know we're all vehicles of spirit on one level or another. You know that that's um, that is so true. Um, I never say I am gifted. I never use that term. Uh, people apply that to me. People say that all the time, and, and I've heard it said about other mediums. Um, I believe that that puts one on a pedestal, and that's a very dangerous place to be because Boy, yeah. uh, it really sets one apart from uh, you know other people. And um, you know, it's it, I'm no more gifted as as uh, Charme was saying. Because it just happens to be my focus this time around, you know. Um, you know, it's I, I talk to the other side, so um, you know, and I'm just a person who's developed that, and just like an athlete or you know, a, a musician, whatever. And I believe that comes from past incarnation. I I believe I've done this many, many times before. Yeah. Um, and just as you've, you know, we talked about Keith being a healer. Uh, he's done that many times before. You've done what you've done, Charmy. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, gift, really, then you're, you're obligated to give it away. Um, so I, I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. And that's, that's my, that's my personal philosophy. You know, I believe, uh, part I of. I believe people value what, what they pay money for. Right. Basically. In this culture, that sure is true. Um, a part of, what we're trying to do here on Earth is over um, override our ego overriding us. And the ego, you know, m- most egos would lust after the pedestal position. So if we start getting pedestaled like we're special, aren't we incredible or something, then our ego starts going out of control, and that's usually a path of self-destruction one way or the other. It's insidious. And we're land, uh, liable to fall flat on our face. That's how I see it. That is exactly yes. That, and I have I have seen that happen to people working in this field. Um, I don't want to follow in those footsteps. No. And um, and and you know it's interesting because um, I don't know if this has been your experience, but it's been mine. That um, that the longer I've worked in the field, the more that there is a built-in balancing system. If the ego starts to take over on my part, um, <laughs> there's some sort of spiritual, you know, checkpoint there that that starts to balance it. And uh, I'm always keenly aware of my own humility, you know, in in doing yeah. this. And um, you know, so. So in that way, I, I feel entirely blessed. I thank Spirit every day for, you know, having the blessing of meeting people from all walks of life and, and connecting, uh, you know, because I do phone readings from people yes. with all, all over the United States. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really a great blessing. And I think if you, you stay in that blessing, that it keeps you balanced. Yes. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest today, Carol Obley, I'm still with you. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. So, you know, I believe uh, generally what the script is for most of us is to sort of get right with life, find ourselves, get true to ourselves, find our talent, and then as we do our talent, on a whole new level, we feel 
good about ourselves and plugged into the life and humanity on a whole new level, you know, I don't know anything else I can give that to us. Is that how you see it? I do. Um, I, as, a, as you asked me in the first hour, um, what is our purpose? What, you know, what do you feel? Does each person have an individual purpose? Yes. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's radiating that, that spiritual consciousness to the best of our ability. That's what we're here to do. And, um, you know, that, that's, yeah, we can, we can let our light shine. Um, and, and that's, I believe that anyone who's working in any sort of, you know, healing capacity in a leadership capacity in, in, in metaphysics, or the consciousness movement is simply a reflection of of that light, and that is within everybody, you know. Right. Um, and and uh, you know, so that's what we're here to um, to to reflect to the best of our ability. Yes. Um, do you find that when you're doing a reading for somebody trying to connect the other side and all that, that their judgments and skepticism can really mess it up for you? Yes. Um, it's like hitting a brick wall. The best way I know how to describe it. You get not headed up there. You get like bruises on your head when you run yeah. into that. <laughs> well, really, I, I would say bruises on my uh, on my third eye. You know? yeah. um, but the, the third eye being the, the psychic center in the in the body, uh, in the energy body. Um, so. Yeah, and, and, you know, I've had people that have come. I remember one gentleman who came. There, there, there's been, I've been blessed to have newspaper articles written about me, and, and uh, most of them local, but, but they've been very, very uh, good, balanced articles. And uh, I got clientele that came because they read about the article, and there was one gentleman who came, and I uh, came for the reading, and um, I smelled alcohol in his breath, and I, I should have just said, hey, I'm not going to do the reading because uh, you're, you know, intoxicated or whatever. But I did the reading, and he said to me, you know, he said, um, I don't know whether I still believe this or not. And I said, well, it really doesn't matter to me. And he said, you're very well spoken. He said, you could have looked this all up on the Internet. And um, so he was very skeptical, and um, but yet he was open. He had, a, he had a wonderful sense of humor, but he just wasn't going to get it. So um, usually when that happens, I tell people, you know, it's not worth uh, your money, and it's not worth my time to yes. to continue to hit the wall. To, to battle each other over this. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it is a reality. I mean, this is this is ethereal stuff. You know, it's not it's not uh, it's stuff that you can detect through the five physical senses. That's Although, right. in my book, I wrote about um, you know projects that are now uh, the Veritas program in, at the University of Arizona. Um, Gary Schwartz's work in, in which he's tested mediums. He's tested mediums extensively. Um, you know, uh, Alison Dubois, uh, who, who the, the TV show Medium was based on. Uh, and I believe at some point I will be tested and, and you know, considered genuine. So um, it's becoming more of a reality that we can test this through science. Yeah, you already um, passed our test. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, just for people who don't know, I was giving uh, I, uh, you some messages at, at break, so yeah. <laughs> that you resonated with. That's so, right. Uh, so, so yeah. um, there's a lot of people think that when you die, you are immediately enlightened. 
<laughs> what, what do you yeah. think about that? Don't you just wish? Yeah, don't you wish there was the magical wand and we sit on the clouds yeah. with the angels and play harps? Yeah, so if uh, there isn't a magical <laughs> pill in this lifetime, then when you die, there's a magical harp. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish it were so, but, but uh, the reality, the reality is, and again, through my work, what I've seen, uh, other mediums may, may have seen different things, but um, through thousands of readings, what I've seen is, uh, there are counselors on the other side that help us. Just as there are counselors here, there are libraries, there are schools on the other side that we can continue growth. And we, and the fact is we do. Um, we take the consciousness that we left here on the earth plane, we take that over to the other side when we die. Usually the moment of death is the consciousness that we take, all of that consciousness that we've gathered from X number of years, whether it be six months, or, you know, a hundred years, we take that with us. And um, animals do that, too. Uh, Keith, you asked earlier about animals. Yep. In my experience, what I've seen, they go into a group mind on the other side, and they take the, the learning that they did here back to their species mm-hmm. on the other side. So um, there's no, yeah, there's no instant alignment. We don't become an ascended master, Jesus <laughs> or Buddha. I, I believe um, animals go maybe into a group mind, but I know some animals who are beyond that and stay as their individual Mm-hmm. Like human beings do. Yeah, I believe there's no hard and fast rules. You know, the longer yeah. I, I I work in this field, the the more that I see that you cannot give pat answers to things. Not we gotta, 100%. We've got to take right. a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmay Amber, our guest today, Carol J. Obley. I'm still with you, and we have more. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber and our guest today, Carol Obley. I'm still with you. You know, Carol, uh, there's some pretty really good prophets. There's uh, Malachi, uh, St. Malachi from uh, I, uh, let's see, Ireland. There's uh, Nostradamus. There's prophecies in scriptures. You know, it seems like prophecy, you can get like a general prophecy of, of sort of knowing what's going to happen, but it may be to some degree subject to free will, I would think. It is. Um, prophecy, and I, I explain this to people uh, when they come for readings, and, and I think I've, I've addressed it adequately in the book, um, we always have free will. Prophecy is a probability. So anyone who yes. is doing this type of work, in other words, a, a channel for, of, of spirit, uh, such as myself, anyone who's doing this, a healing work, whatever, can only give probability because there is that, that variable of free will. Um, yes, there, there's a degree of accuracy. My, the readings that I do always, usually always contain prophecy. And I always tell people it's based on if the energy stays the way that it is, this is what is likely to occur. Um, but it is true that it can be changed. Um, even you mentioned Nostradamus. I've studied some of his quatrains, and I think he's a fascinating uh, prophet. Uh, his work, in particular, it was highly accurate of predictions of yeah. historical movements. But it was also, um, you know, we, we could avert those things if we would have gone a different 
pathway, and I think that's the value of prophecy is to is to show us this is what is likely to happen. Yeah. But you have the power to change yeah. it. This is likely unless you get your act together. <laughs> exactly. So um, it is incredibly valuable for people to actually realize that, by and large, we never die. You know, we could lose our body, but actually we never die. That is that is so cornerstone, don't you think? It It is cornerstone in helping us to move beyond the egoic uh, consciousness, the ego, which only sees linear time. Um, it sees past, present, and future. The soul is is timeless and eternal, and that's the part, of course, that that survives leaving the physical vehicle, the body. Um, it's interesting because in readings, what I've seen is uh, people say, you know, I'm young again, and and you know, uh, somebody's grandmother might come through, and I'll be seeing them as they're 25. And I said, I know she wasn't that age <laughs> when she passed over, but she's appearing to me as as 25 years of age, and she's dancing again. And the person will go, Oh my heavens! You know, she grandma always loved to dance, but in her later years, she was in a wheelchair, and uh, she lived to be 99 years old. And um, so that's you know, kind of the other side's way of coming through and going. You know, I'm out of that, that consciousness now. I'm not in the physical vehicle anymore. I'm in the timeless vehicle, um, so I can do whatever I want now. Mm-hmm. And it's true. We do become the optimal age of 25 on the other side, 25, 30. Um, and we can, we can have that sort of, you know, um, uh, physique or whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, it's not physical, but we can have that, um, that freedom. Yes, it's, it's actually an option. One of our main guides actually is an old man with a uh, long, you know, a beard and radiates wisdom. I'll tell you, and he could present himself as young also, but he chooses to present himself as old and wise, which he certainly is. But you know, the truth is, you can do whatever you want over there. Yeah, you can, and we must share guides. I have a guide that resembles that. Oh, that's um, possible. <laughs> really, well, the beard, the beard is um, symbolic of wisdom, and and uh, um, yeah, yeah. So that that's generally what that means. You know what I also find interesting about the guides is they usually pick an outfit that uh, reflects who they are in their essence. Exactly. And, and unlike here, the fickleness of here where, you know, the, you know, you got a wardrobe full of clothes, you know, over there they just simply wear, you know, a robe. And, you know, we have these guides that are four guides in the studio for every show. And, you know, they have long, white, creamy robes on. That's all that they wear. So, you know, it, it's, there isn't the fickleness on the other side. Yeah, and I think the consistency of the guide is showing. Uh, yeah, you're, that's what I have found too. Uh, that radiates a quality. Yeah. A lot of times people have to understand. Uh, I have people that come and say, "What's the name of my spirit guide?" Well, typically I don't get names for spirit guides. I get energy. Yeah. I get names of loved ones all the time. There's hmm. a, you know, yes. astounding evidence of names of of loved ones that we've known here in the physical realm. We need to take a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Hard to break away here. Our guest, Carol Obley, and we'll be right back. 
And we are back with Karen Obley. I'm still with you. True stories of healing grief, grief through spirit communication. And we left abruptly again talking about our spirit guides. Did you want to carry on, Carol? Yeah, well, I just wanted to um, say for people who are listening, uh, it seems to be a common question that people have is, how can I connect with my guide? How do I know that my guide is there? Um, when I've taught my workshops, one of the things that we do is to recognize guides by the qualities that they radiate, and different guides teach different things or come with different qualities. And um, a good way to connect with guides is through, you know, meditation and uh, asking them to present themselves in a way that's easy, easily recognizable. Like, uh, you for mentioned. For instance, how about omens? They talk all the time through omens. Don't you th- find that? Did you say through omens? Yes. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm thinking that you're meaning by omens that they, they give you signs. Is that what you mean? Yes. All, all manner of different signs that, that the guides are forever and always talking to us through these different little, little things that happen throughout the day. Yeah, and and I also I also think omens can be a physical object. Uh, I have talked to so many people who say, "Why do I keep finding feathers? Why do I keep finding yes. um, you know dimes?" Now sometimes dimes, and there is a story in the book, by the way, called "It's a Story of a Woman Who Came and Connected with Her Mom," and it's called "Dimes from Heaven." It's a very intriguing story. Her mother from the other side would send dimes her way, <laughs> and they would, they would, she would find them, you know, at moments when she was feeling really down or missing her mother. But guides can do that as well. In other words, spirit guides are those we haven't known in the, in the current lifetime. What I have found is we've usually known them from past life. They're a member of the, of the same soul group, and they can give us signs, um, yeah, omens in physical objects, representations. Uh, different ways. I personally have a lion guide. His name is Ra, like the, the Egyptian sun god. Mm-hmm. And um, he comes to me in different ways. Sometimes I will have clairvoyant images of of him. He's a beautiful male lion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I may see pictures of lions that, you know, through different things or something is sent to me with a lion on it. Uh, but spirit, spirit, the synchronicity of spirit is always present. So yeah, guides are constantly letting us know they're guiding, they're they're guiding us that that they're there for us. I, I got to tell you a story. You jogged it in my mind here about animals. For several years, I worked on the railroad, and um, um, we had some of the guys that you know they weren't supposed to, but they did. They brought their guns and they would go to shoot deer when we would go check our track out and repair track or whatever, and. I would always find a way to let the deer know that we're coming and they would leave. And this happened for quite a long time and the, the guys were pretty frustrated. Eventually they stopped bringing their guns and stuff. And for Christmas, the final year where this was, uh, where I was in this element, uh, every Christmas gift I got had a deer on it and nobody else knew I was doing this. Uh-huh. Isn't that uh-huh. something? <laughs> they were saying thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's interesting about the deer. Um, that can also be a symbol from loved ones. I don't know how the synchronicity happens. I just know that it does. 
And um, I've I've had people say, you know, there was five deer that came into my yard, mm-hmm. and I my you know my father used to love to see the deer or whatever. Same thing with birds. Yes. Um, that seems to be a common way that spirit will communicate with us is through uh, different species of birds, the cardinal or mm-hmm. you know the bluebird or sparrows, robins, right, whatever. Right. You know, another one, this, you know, I'm not doing anything profound here, but this is just another beautiful story. I was in, uh, close to, um, Carson City, Nevada, and, uh, just checking the area out, and I was climbing up sort of a cliff out from a small river. And I come up to the top of the cliff, and it's a big, like, table rock, it's a big plateau. And my head goes above the plateau, and there's hundreds and hundreds of bluebirds right in front of me. And it was just so surreal, amazing, beautiful. And then they all flew. And then again, another shot. It was just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you were at the right place at the right time to have that happen. Yeah. It was and really something. So did it create a meaning for you? Uh, you know, at that time, I had nature as a uh, sort of on a altar of uh, spiritual respect, like, a, you know, it was my place to connect with God. Yeah. Right now, I connect inside myself way more, and I really appreciate nature. But then nature was where I went to sort of get my connection. So that was a beautiful omen of something. Yeah, and it's interesting when you were saying that, I was seeing a rainbow as well, because, um, again, another story in the book, there was a woman who, whose son, uh, her, her younger son passed tragically in a car accident. He would send her rainbows when she was feeling particularly down. Yeah. To be driving to work and see a beautiful rainbow. Nice. Uh, yeah, nice. Um, so I was actually seeing the bluebirds flying over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> That, they, that may have been there. I, that could have been there. I don't remember it's so clear, but it sure could have. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest is Carol Obley. I'm still with you. Do you ever find, Carol, when you're speaking to those who have passed, uh, people that ever have regrets about that they died, even if they were young? You know, the only time that that happens is when I'm communicating with someone who's committed suicide. And um, I did address the subject of suicide in the book. Um, There are people that have come for readings that have lost loved ones to suicide. Um, When people come to me for readings, I don't know anything about them ahead of time. I know their first name, that's it. And uh, if someone comes through, you know, that's taken their own life, there's a particular symbol that I get because uh, I have a system of symbols when I do mediumship. And I have never heard anyone who's committed suicide be happy about doing that. So even uh, when you are uh, communicating with children that have died, they're at peace about it? Yes, because, again, the evolution of the soul, it's, it's when we return into spirit, we see the mission and we see, um, you know, for example, a child may have come here to advance themselves uh, or the parents for example yep, that's right um also they've come to advance perhaps medical science mm-hmm. in some way if they had a disease you know yep. uh, or you know a cancer that they were contributing with scientific research uh it could be that they came 
to um, break a certain karmic pattern in the family. Uh, they were the catalyst for that in the short time that they were here. Yeah. Uh, the passing, you know, in some way changed the parents. Yeah. I have not known, I have not done a reading for parents who have lost children that in some way were not changed spiritually by the yeah. child's death. So, um, so let it me. It always happens. So mm-hmm. let me go back to suicide. So I bet after the experiences yeah. you've had, I bet you don't uh, support assisted uh, suicide. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a proponent of free will, certainly. Um, I believe on some level if somebody does that, that, you know, they're, they were giving, they're giving their permission on a, on a certain level. Um, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. So, um, I don't know if I feel one way or the other about it. Um, you yeah, know, but, yeah. uh, but I, but I can tell you without a doubt that someone who does take their own life tragically, say drugs and alcohol, uh, you know, if they're very distraught, that they always regret it. Yep. And, uh, because essentially what we're doing is short-circuiting our own growth. That's right. You know, when um, I, I don't know the answer on this one, but when we're old and worn out and nothing works, not even our brain, nothing works, uh, to me sometimes it's fine to let her go. <laughs> But generally yeah, speaking, yeah. I, I think we shortchange ourselves anything up to that point, something like I that. I believe we do, too, because yeah. um, we've come here and we started by saying, we is there a particular focus in the lifetime? And yes, there certainly are. Uh, there certainly is uh, for each of us individually. Um, so if we short-circuit that, yes, we're going to have to have that focus again. In a, yep. in a subsequent lifetime, plus we created karma by by taking you know our own life. Yeah, which is yes. which is which actually is... part of God. So we snuffed out part of God, and we got to come back and get that thing right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. I think one of the prime natures of God or the creative force is evolution, and I think the name of the game for us souls, by and large, is cooperating with evolution so that we keep evolving instead of uh, working against it and causing more trouble for us and whatnot. Exactly. That's exactly right. You see, I couldn't say it better. Well, um, and here's another point that, you know, these are part taken out of your book and part me twisting with them and that kind of thing. But forgiveness of ourselves and others is essential to heal, and a lot of times when we forgive someone else, it it heals us tremendously. It does, and um, the for- forgiveness is is what we need to do for ourselves. And um, you know, once we forgive ourselves, then we're able to. It, it's like releasing a huge weight, and we're able to move forward then. Yes. Instead of staying in that energy of the past, it, it's, uh, certainly. It, it's almost like. You know, we forgive and we think we righteously have the right to, I mean, not forgive. We don't forgive. We think we righteously have the right to not forgive because what they did was so wrong or even what we did was so wrong. And righteousness sticks us right in the problem there. And, you know, basically, we beat ourselves up with non-forgiveness until we forgive. Yeah, and I think we carry energetically, we carry that... um, that lower energy of guilt. Um, I can't tell you how many readings I've done where people uh, are burdened with guilt 
Yeah. Uh, I didn't do enough. I should have prevented the death. Yeah. Uh, in some way, they're they're holding responsibility for for that person's passing. Right. You know, I've had tremendous, uh, especially at one time in my life, some lately, but bef- there was a certain time where, for whatever reason, a lot of women who and men too that had their babies' fetuses aborted, they were just hammered in guilt. They 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 just found no way to get out of guilt, you know, which was a lesson to them, you know, no running around with easy sex and, you know, be responsible if you're going to do that and, you know, perhaps not abort if you got got yourself pregnant. So yeah. I, I noticed the long lingering damage done there. I just all I wanted to say. Yeah, and the other part of that is, too, though, um, the reality is we don't, we don't die, um, but the guilt that is held from that can be very devastating for for the parent. Yeah. Um, on that, I agree. Yeah. 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 And you're right. The key piece is they don't die. And okay, so you did that. So you can tell inside yourself it wasn't right because you feel so awful. Okay, learn the lesson and then never do it exactly. again. Exactly. Just go on. Don't ever do it again. That's it. Yeah, and and you know what what we what we resist persists, as they say. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I think the important thing is to release the past. I can't tell you how many times that's come through in readings from the other side. Yes. Of you know release the past, uh, learn from it, grow from it, and 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 love, you know, and and move beyond that. Um, I've never had any spirit come through. And say, gee, I wish I wish I would have worked more hours. You know, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, they come through and they talk about, uh, or you know, what's going on with Aunt Millie's uh, estate. You know, um, they t- come through and talk about relationships and love and healing and forgiveness. They, they don't come through and say, geez, I wish I'd made more money. They don't. In fact, I've actually had them come through and say the opposite. You know, gee, uh, you know, you need to spend some time with your family. You're focusing too much on your on work, and that's. That's not the big picture. Um, the neat thing about communicating with the spirit world above all else is getting that big picture, getting the spiritual dimension, and that's what I consider really a blessing that I'm able to pass along to clients is giving them the big picture of, uh, you know, from the other side of what, what it's really about um, beyond beyond the physical realm. Right. So... Um... I guess everything in life is an opportunity. I, I mean the ups and downs and everything, because the rough things even, as we get through them, and we get through them, you know, maybe lifetimes, we get even a better perspective and a better perspective, then we can come to peace with virtually whatever happens, and we can maintain unconditional well-being virtually, no matter what's going on, and that's our opportunity is to grow to the point to where we have mastery of our reactions and our perspective that we have we can have unconditional well-being. Yeah, and uh well the name of your show is Mastering Ourselves and um that's why we're here basically that that's the purpose, you know, to have that sense of connection at all times with spirit and time and time again I've seen this that when people make that when that really clicks that when, in other words when they really get it 
yeah. that everything seems to fall into place. Yes. Um, you know, people move into right livelihood. They move into a fulfilling relationship. Uh, they move into stop worrying. Of, you know, they, they don't worry about the future or hold the past. Yep. Uh, in other words, the present moment is what becomes important. Right. They, they become all here, which means you can have a full abundance of life because you're all here. Boy, I'll tell you, we've had a rich, rich two hours, and we're just about out of time. Can you believe how fast that went? Went really quickly. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, don't go away. We've got four more minutes with you. <laughs> Hang on. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN, Carol Obley. I'm still with you, and we'll get her uh, website once more when we come back. Stay with us. I'll tell you, we get so busy chatting with Carol during the breaks, yeah. we just about don't come back and share it with the rest <laughs> of you. So yeah. we've been having quite a bit of fun. You know, Carol, in connecting, uh, being a medium between the spirit world and people in need of uh, resolving things with spirit world, um, she connects, uh, she's in the middle of grief a lot. And so, Carol, do you notice that people, by and large, need a certain amount of time, different for each person, to grieve in a, in a, in a wholesome way so that they can have that settled and then move on? Yeah, um, and there's a chapter in the book that, that I've written about, and I've, I've actually had developed a workshop um, understanding death from a spiritual perspective, and it, it deals a lot with making closure. Um, there are tools for healing grief, and and um, it, grief grieving is very individual. And there's no timetable for it. But you know what I've discovered is people who are spiritually connected that that find and use the spiritual tools of meditation and prayer. Yeah. Um, and and even you know sometimes talk therapy that they move through the process more quickly than those who don't. Yeah. So um, I do recommend very strongly meditation and prayer and and also connecting with the loved one that's passed to help them on their way on yeah. the other side. Sure. Uh, in the transition process. Um, I've seen clients move through much more quickly right. with that sort of, um, the, you know, with those tools. I got a title for your next book. Oh, good. It, it has Thank a you. little picture of Snoopy on it, and it says, Good Grief. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think you're, I think you're psychic on your own because I love Snoopy. As a matter of fact, I have to share this with you. Oh, I that's bought funny. a card from a client this week with Snoopy on it. It's on my dining room table, so just I just wanted to let you know. Oh, wow. We're... Snoopy is on my table, and you just gave me that message. Thank you. We're in vogue. <laughs> That's cute. If you want to go see more of Carol's work or perhaps consider having her help you through grief, she is available at soulvision.net. Did I get that right? Yeah, there's actually an S on the end. It's soul, soul visions, S-O-U-L-V-I-S-I-O-N-S. Perfect. .net. Soulvisions.net. Thank you. In Dolby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> This is a wonderful book. Keith really enjoyed it. I don't think you read it all, but what did you get through? About half of it? About half. 
Yep. And I, I get guided on it. You know, I'll pop around here and there, and you know, the plow in for about an hour or two, and then I'll pop around. You know, this really helps people to understand, um, you know, other sides of the other side. And so that if you're trying, if you're struggling with, you know, what exists on the other side, you kind of get some little pictures into it through the book. Is that right? Yeah, I really wrote it to help people understand and, and, you know, the other side, but also how they themselves can uh, connect with the spirit world that they you, you don't need someone like me it's nice to to have a reading but it's also important that people understand they they have that capacity that empowerment within within themselves uh, when we sleep at night we go into the spirit world the only difference between that and death is we separate fully at, at death you know yes. we separate with the astral body that's right so, our light bodies go out and visit our dead loved ones and then come back to our bodies. And yes. And sil- it happens. Silver cord intact. That's right. And it happens all the time. So if it's happening and you think, boy, it seems so real, it's because it <laughs> was real. It hey, was real. Carol, yeah. thank you. We are out of time. Soul Visions with an S dot net. And we'd love to have you back. Would you like to do that? I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thank you. you.